This episode of Bourbon with Friends is brought to you by Kentucky Eagle, Inc. Kentucky Eagle is a growing company in need of talented people with a passion for wine and spirits. They're looking for sales positions and operational roles. They are a family-owned company and offers above industry average compensation, up to 7.5 401k match, health, life, dental, vision, insurance, car allowance, cell allowance. Positions are available in markets around Kentucky. Please visit www.kyeagle.net slash careers to apply. It's time for Bourbon with Friends, the bourbon podcast that never takes itself too seriously. Pull up a chair, grab a glass, and remember, a bourbon with friends can change the world. Here we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bourbon with Friends. I'm Paul, joined by Connor. Today we have a very special guest. He plays Jimmy on the hit TV show Yellowstone. You might have heard about it. I don't know if you haven't. You're living under a rock or, or you know, I don't know, not living at all. Uh, Jefferson White, how's it going, my friend? It's good, man. Thanks for having me. It's great to meet you guys. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, same here. It's it's really fun when you have somebody on a podcast that also does a podcast because you know you don't have to really worry about anything just from a sound system-wise, being messed up. It's the opposite, dude. I'm going to deliberately sabotage this. I know all <laughs> the ways to ruin it for you. That's fine. It's But then it'll be comedy in action, right? Like, we'll sit in and be like, hey, guess what? Check out this uh, little clip where Jefferson White just really fucked our whole podcast up. <laughs> it's great. even better, though. That's even better. The clicks. You know, controversy drives clicks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. About, we live in an engagement-driven world. And speaking of engagement, right at the top of this episode, keep people engaged. What's your podcast, Jeff? Like what's what got you into doing your podcast and kind of what's the name of it and everything? So so me and my friend uh, Jen Landon, who plays Teeter on the show, we host the official Yellowstone podcast. So we host a podcast where we talk about Yellowstone. We sort of do recaps of the episodes. We talk to our friends who are on the show, the folks who make the show. Uh, yeah, and that's a real joy. It's a funny, you know, as we we get to approach this thing as actors, which often means we have a sort of anti view on it. Uh, we're often very much in the dark. So it, it's been a really incredible way to talk to people who make the decisions, talk to people who work in different departments that we would never otherwise get to interface with and just kind of learn from everybody. So that, that's that been a real treat. It's an interesting concept. And I wasn't going to ask this as the first question, but I think like people, especially Connor and I, we, we love movies. We love TV, right? Like we're kind of mm-hmm. buffs. You guys as actors, right? When you're walking in, you know, to start a new season, what kind of do you guys only know like a show by show basis or do you kind of have an, a tendency of the whole like where where that season at least ends? You know, it really depends on the show. Every show is a little different and uh, movies are also different because obviously with a movie, you've got the script. You've got the sort of mm-hmm. beginning, middle and end right in front of you um, on Yellowstone. It's really varied a lot from season to season. Um some of the seasons it's sort of trickled out as we've been there and we have these sort of exciting surprises. It's a little bit like, you know, also because our jobs depend on the show, it's a little bit sometimes like, you know, a comic book coming out about your own life. You get a script while you're in Montana and you're sort of reading frantically flipping through the pages to find out if you live or die sometimes, (laughs) uh, which is a really wild experience, especially, you know, on our show, like, Jimmy's fallen off horses like six times. Every time Jimmy goes off a horse, I have no idea whether he's going to live or die until I get the next script. So sometimes you're you're very, very in the dark. And then as we've gone on, now I think Taylor has really, uh, Taylor Sharon in the show's creator is really a incredibly, you know, he, he, he writes at a sort of level of quality, but also quantity that I find mm-hmm. really remarkable because he's doing like yeah. six shows at any given time. And now he's getting us all these episodes before we even start production. So that that's a huge gift to kind of know where it's going. You know, that means you can be planting seeds in the first episode for stuff that comes in the sixth episode. You know, you can be planting seeds, seeds this season for stuff that comes next season. Although we've never really, and you won't be surprised to hear, nobody really tells me much in advance. I have no idea what happens next. I have no idea what Jimmy's fate is or anybody else's. I'm operating at a very, very low level, you know? That's but just, your storyline is is cool, just, though. Like It's yeah. almost like a show within a show, 
right? Like you, you kind of how your character is spun off and all that kind of like interesting thing, right? Like that's kind of the int- the real fun part about Jimmy in and of itself is everything is completely different in some aspects from the storyline of the show. Yeah, which is a blessing and a curse, you know. It's been really cool to have more responsibility, to have this little plot line of my own, this little adventure that Jimmy's been on with his uh fiance and now wife Emily. That that's exciting to get more responsibility, but it's also pretty scary because the action of the show revolves around the Yellowstone Ranch and thus you want to be as close to the center of that as possible, you know, as, right. as Jimmy drives off into the sunset. I'm also driving off away from um, Kevin Costner, Luke Grimes, Cole Hauser, you know, Kelly Riley, the reason people watch the show. The people watch the show for those, uh, those the Dutton family, you know, so driving away from the Dutton family isn't necessarily the best thing for your job security, <laughs> which is also funny because it's like, that's the same thing for Jimmy, right? Jimmy's left with this decision he has to make. Is he going to stay at the Yellowstone, stay with what is familiar even if it's uncomfortable, even if he's the low man, even if he's always getting his ass kicked, he at least knows the lay of the land. Or is he going to go to the sixes with Emily and try to sort of build this life for himself? Um, So it's a really interesting kind of fork in the road for Jimmy that also parallels a fork in the road for me. Because if you you gave me that choice in real life, I might stay with what's familiar. I might stay Mm -hmm. as close to the big man as possible. Uh, but, you know, that the character went off on this adventure, and that means that I'm also going off on this adventure. I'm working down in Texas while most everybody else is working up in Montana, you know? Mm-hmm. Were you, were you like a movie and TV kind of fan growing up? You know, I, my background's in theater. I grew up in Iowa. I lived in Iowa until I was 22. I went to college in Iowa and studied theater and then moved to New York when I was uh, 23. I did a year in Kentucky in between. Mm-hmm. I did a year in Louisville at the... Uh, Actors Theater of Louisville there. So my background was always in uh, in theater. Um, and so I, I kind of have been slow to pick up. I often feel quite illiterate in film and television. It's taken me a while to catch up because people speak a really specific language on set. They have a sort of shared pool of um, things that they're familiar with. They're always sort of speaking in references. There's a kind of whole language to film and television. And I'm just now, as a 33-year-old, sort of taking it up, you know, in the process of educating myself about all of this stuff. It was, it, it the reason I asked is because it's got to be kind of interesting. Like I remember Dances with Wolves, Waterworld, those types of things. And now, you know, it's, it's kind of like the, the athlete mentality, right? When you, you know, all these guys that watch Tom Brady play and now they're like playing with Tom Brady because he's mm-hmm. just, they're still around like the Costner effect of that. It's got to be kind of cool for someone like yourself who's, you know, younger and kind of coming like even Cole Hauser. I remember Cole Hauser from too fast, too furious. I guarantee you people don't really think about that. The funny shit about that. And if I ever get a chance to talk to him, it's going to be really funny because my dad actually grew my, I grew up in South Florida. My dad actually put all of the, um, uh, uh, electrical work in on the mansion where they, they did that. So I've actually been there and, and stuff like that. So it was a really kind of cool, like little piece Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, that's amazing. What the hell? Yeah, it's it's a it's a very interesting uh, kind of side note to 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 that. But yeah. like it's 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 cool. Um, you did not, even though you grew up in Iowa, you didn't grow up around horses, right? I didn't, man. I grew up in a little town, and you know, Iowa's mostly uh, there's not a ton of beef out in Iowa. It's a lot of pork. It's a lot of corn. It's a lot of soybeans. So people don't really, there's not really working horse ranches in Iowa per se. You know, people have a lot of space. So there's a lot Mm -hmm. of sort of hobby horse operations in Iowa, you know, because people are working with animals. There's a ton of farmland. Uh, But none of my friends, I, I grew up in a tiny little town surrounded by farms. I had friends that grew up on farms, but none of them had horses. That was such a that we I sort of completely missed the uh, the the boat on that one. So when I started doing Yellowstone in 2016, I hadn't touched a horse in my life. It was really like my first day getting on a horse was basically day one of rehearsal for the show, which was a pretty a pretty wild experience, man. It's been catch up ever since then for like six years now. Going off of that, Jeff, for the people listening that might not know the story, and I'm sure you've rehashed this plenty of times, but. Um, can you talk about just, uh, you know, a little bit about how you came to Yellowstone and how, how that process started? Yeah, so I, I had been doing 
I kind of lucked out. I moved to New York when I was 23 and I, it really is acting is such a stupid, weird job. Like I love it. It's a like at its best, it's like a high art. It's a sort of beautiful thing. But when it comes to getting paid to do it, it's really like right place, right time. You know how it is. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. the best actors. Luck I of the know, draw sometimes. A hundred percent, man. Mm-hmm. And I want to believe, you know, things have worked out pretty good for me so far. And I wish I could attribute that to some quality in me. But I think really the truth is that it, it's really about right place, right time. Because I know so many brilliant actors who just are, are still kind of waiting for, for their Yellowstone, for their big break, you know? Um, so I, I showed up in New York when I was 23 um, and I auditioned for a show and they were looking for this naive young soldier who was in way over his head. And I, that was a show called The Americans. And I, I just lucked out and got that job. And then while I was doing that, the director who was going to be directing the next episode was watching the dailies of that. And he was about to go make another show called Manhattan about the Manhattan Project. Mm-hmm. So this was a show that was shooting in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico a period piece set during World War II, and they were looking for a guy whose nickname was Iowa because he was a mm. naive young soldier who got shipped from Iowa straight to Los Alamos in New Mexico. And I just kind of walked into the room and I was like, hey, what's up? I'm from Iowa. Uh, I, I, I doubt that anybody else you're going to talk to today is from Iowa. There's not a lot of us in the industry, you know? So it was really just a right place, right time thing. And it ended up that the the creator of the show had gone to school at University of Iowa, the Iowa's Iowa Writers Workshop, and had eaten at a restaurant that I was washing dishes at when I was like 14. It was just this kind of very right place, right time, fortuitous thing that I fell into. And then I I worked in TV and film for five or six years. I was in Budapest doing a show called The Alienist. That was was a a really good show. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, Yeah, and it's been fun to see... I'm really enjoying watching 1923 because th- this this stuff around the turn of the century I find mm-hmm. really fascinating. So the Alienist took place in like 1899 mm-hmm. in New York City. It's like a murder mystery show. If anybody hasn't seen it, it's it's really nice. It's fun to watch. So I was doing that show in Budapest. TNT. Yeah, TNT exactly. Um, and I got this audition for Yellowstone. And it was I was auditioning to play Casey, and I read it and I was like, okay, this guy is a badass Navy SEAL. He's the toughest motherfucker in the world he kills like four guys in the first episode he's supposed to be like <laughs> incredible horseman in the first episode he like tames a wild stallion and mm-hmm. jumps up on it and runs laps i was like oh there's no no chance um i knew that wasn't me but i read the whole script and i saw this character jimmy and i was like that's me that fuck up right there that guy that gets tased <laughs> and tied to a chair and branded gets his yep. ass kicked that's me um so I made an audition tape for Casey, which still exists somewhere, although I'm I'm sure it's terrible. Um, but I also made my own little gorilla tape for Jimmy, and I sent that in at the same time. And I was like, hey, I don't know if you guys are even seeing people for this yet, but this is me. I'm this guy. I'm, you know, just like Jimmy. I'm from a tiny little town that's not, a, I, I don't have any ranching experience. I grew up around farms, but not on a farm. I grew up sort of adjacent to these kind of massive agricultural empires, but never touched them myself in a pretty hard scrabble little town. Um, so it was a really like, uh, kind of just right place, right time again. And I went and met Taylor and I, I was worried that my lack of experience was going to be a detriment, but I think he saw, Hey, this kid is willing to work. He doesn't have any experience, mm. but he'll, he'll work for it. And that's exactly the position that Jimmy's in. So it just kind of lined up exactly right. And then even making that first season, none of us really knew what it was going to be. You know, we loved the script. Taylor's a genius. You meet Taylor and there's no doubt. He's one of those guys. I'm sure you you, you guys have met these people. You meet them and there's just this kind of aura mm-hmm. of, he, he has this aura of sort of just cool, calm, control. He's an incredible leader. I met him and we all trusted him and would have done anything for him even if it wasn't, didn't happen to be such a, a sort of hit show, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we all went out and made it and just like kind of sat around crossing our fingers that we get to do more. The first season, you know, it was on Paramount Network, which was a very young network at the time. I think we were like mm-hmm. their second original series. We had a lot of stuff working against us, but working for us, we had uh, Kevin Costner and Taylor Sheridan's script. <laughs> so it really, uh, uh, it's been such a miracle um, that we get to keep doing it. Because as an actor, you, you never get a job that lasts more than, you know, three months. You're lucky if you get a job that lasts three months. 
So to have a job that lasts six years is like yeah. such a miracle. And counting. And counting. Yeah. Who knows how much longer we're all, we're all crossing our fingers and just riding it out. The, uh, the funny thing was, is I actually went, you know, you, I always like going to rewatching seasons because I always think you pick up on stuff that you didn't before. And, and especially with like Kelly Riley, right. Her accent, but if I felt like she didn't come into Beth until like episode three or four of like who Beth actually is, where like she embraces, she's also English. So like her like accent and everything, you know, I, you hear her talk off the show and you're just like, what the shit? Like it's, it's crazy. But like those like little interesting things, but, um, we can, you get talked to about Yellowstone like a, a fuck ton. So let's talk about some other stuff that maybe you don't get to. And like, let's make it fun. We talked about Yellowstone for 14 minutes. We do this for six hours, but you know what? Let's do other fun stuff. You spent time in Louisville. We actually talked about this on Instagram. You were around all the whiskey stuff. You have openly said you're not a huge drinker, but you weren't also a huge ho- horse person. What, <laughs> what, but the interesting part about it is right is whiskey has become such an inherent staple on Yellowstone, right? I yeah. Buffalo Trace has never spent ad money on TV before until Yellowstone. Like that is like a massive thing, right? They're the most award-winning distillery. So, what is it like you know, talking like, like it's a, it's a, about Yellowstone, but it's probably different than what you've been been talked to before. What's like that whiskey kind of culture in the show? Like, are you around it? Do you under is it stuff that like you guys on set talk about or is it just something that's there that is almost in passing with you guys as actors uh, and how you think about it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a big it's a big part of the whole sort of Western culture. It's a big part of the cowboy culture. Obviously, we're we're working most when we're on set, so uh, there's not a lot of drinking on set. But a lot of these guys, you know, they're they're passionate about this stuff too. You know, it's stuff that that they really care about. I know Forey J Smith, who plays Lloyd on the show, he's mm-hmm. got a, a whiskey brand Oak that he's Eden. partnered with. Exactly. Yeah, and there's uh, Ryan Bingham who plays Walker on the show. He he's worked with whiskey brands. Like I think a lot of the guys on the show really love this stuff and really know their stuff. Um, and once again, I'm just a naive moron, you know, I'm sort of, <laughs> I'm so clueless. And I think, you know, you guys are experts in this. You can sort of, you have a literacy in it. You know, you, you right. can mm-hmm. tell the difference. I might you be sort of- saying a little much, but maybe. <laughs> here's, here's what I'll do. What what we'll do is after the show, we could have planned this ahead of time, but it's, it's fun that it worked out with us. We'll send, what we'll do is we'll, we'll swap like some contact information. I'll put together a little care package with samples and give you like a little, uh, a little walk through. Oh, amazing. Of, of That'd some be so good kind stuff. of you. We, 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 we do it. We try to do it with like a lot of different people if we can, but we'll send you like uh, some samples of some different stuff and, you know, different do, proofs. We should do a, 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 a bourbon, a rye, an Irish, mm. and a scotch, and then throw yeah. in like something that's like 140 proof in there. And I'll just send them a bottle of our barrel pick while we're at it too. Yeah, I send a bottle of the barrel pick. Oh, oh that's go. so yeah, kind of you guys. Thank you so much. That's so generous of you. It, it all it'll cost you. You just got to come back on the show. I'm just kidding. You know, I'd, listen, I'd be honored. What size shoes do you wear? Because let me tell you, I have so many free pairs of cowboy boots. I've done. I, I, I I've, you do I feel incredibly lucky, but I've done a lot of ads for cowboy boots. And every time they're like, do you want to keep any of these boots? And every time the answer is, I, I would like to keep all of the boots, please. So I've got just like a real. I'm, like a, I'm 11. I'm an 11 yeah. and a half. I feel like there's, 11, feel 11 like there's and some a half, synergy yeah. here. I feel like we yeah. can make I'm an this 11 work. too. We're all 11s. Oh, we're making this work, certainly. This is, we'll we'll this swap is... whiskey and boots and do another show. And we'll just put the boot, we... like, we'll like put the feet back, sit by a fire or something. Be, be whiskey fun. and boots. Whiskey and boots, yeah. Boots, scoot, and whiskey. That's, That's the exactly name of the episode. Right. Yeah, boom, done. Yeah, making perfect. deals, a, making deals. Yeah, I this love is a cowboy barter <laughs> system. <laughs> it's 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 uh it's it's fun. So how, you don't really. I can't actually remember <gasps> this, and you might. You don't really drink whiskey even on the show, right? Like, there's not even a. I don't know if there's a scene where you're. Jimmy doesn't. No, he'll drink a beer every now and then, but he's not a big drinker either. I think he feels the same way I do, which is like, don't drink at work. You know, like around those guys, he really he gets enough shit. He's got to sort of stay. Uh, he's got to stay. Keep it tight. Um, with with that though is it actually beer and like whiskey or is it not on set i think that's what a lot of people are curious about it's and not can you say it absolutely it's not. not no it's very funny on set it's the same with like eating on set you know you get stuck it sounds fun drinking real whiskey on set sounds fun uh for the first half of the day but yeah. when you're doing these yeah. scenes they're as they're moving cameras around you do them over and over and over again and i think even the most you know, avid connoisseur of whiskey would get pretty sick of uh, drinking 
the same thing over and over again for 16 hours. Um, also, you wouldn't be great at remembering your lines or hitting your marks by the end of the day, I sure. imagine. I feel like there's a couple of people, though, that you probably would never know if they were drunk or not because their characters that might so be right. hostile. You know, it's That's just exactly like, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've gotten be like, tra- stuck before with food where, I, you know, it's the first take. You're doing a scene where you're eating, right? And in the first take, you establish what you're going to do for every subsequent take. And sometimes there's, you know, 16, 20 takes. There was a scene in like season two where on the first take, I was like, I think Jimmy's really hungry. I think he would eat this whole ear of corn over the course of this scene. But that meant that by the end of the day, I had eaten like 16 ears of mm, corn. It was, it, it was bad, man. It was yeah. really, by the end of it, I was like sort of taking a bite. And your your butt must have been like a BB gun by the next day. Bro, I didn't pull it. It was bad for like a week and a half. My body oh, was man. in crisis. Do I got something for you, brother? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. If you haven't heard of Metamucil, you got to take it, man. That's all I'm going to say. That's the only Metamucil plug here. <laughs> you got Dude, it. he loves Metamucil so much. His life's ambition is to get Metamucil to be I'm the 26. sponsor of our podcast. And he's 26. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, you guys are young. I used to feel like I was I'm the older young than you. Guy. How old are you? I'm 37. Okay, great. But you got a kid, so you've got important life achievements. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. You're thir- yeah. 37 with a kid is right on track. Two kids. Two kids. How old? Oh, do you, I don't know if you guys talk about this on the pod. Do you talk no, about your kids good. on the pod? Yeah. How, yeah. how old is your older kid? Three. Oh, that's so sweet, man. They're going to be, that's a perfect age range for siblings, too. Yeah, yeah, it's. <laughs> I tell I tell everyone being a dad is, you you it, it is actually like the most mix of wanting to like throw something and love it forever you've ever seen. It's the the oh, most I'm wild sure. emotion. Yeah, the highs and lows. Yeah. So are you are you a big sports fan, dude? I'm gonna be really honest with you. It's so funny that I wound up on this like tough guy cowboy show because I'm also not a sports fan. I'm a fucking nerd. I'm like a the 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 Oh, we the can talk about nerd shit. Yeah, so what of nerd cred? What kind shit. of nerdy stuff are we talking about, Jeff? I mean, I I larped for like 12 years. <laughs> wow. I I was clinically addicted to World of Warcraft for 3 That's years f- when I was By in the way, college. What did you think about the movie? I I haven't seen the movie because I because of how triggering that would be. I had to like, like I truly, I'm not kidding. In three years of college, I played one year of World of Warcraft. I was in the game for a year in That's three nice. years. That means I was playing eight hours a day for three years. So I, I, it's a really, it's pretty much, it, it, it could not be more bizarre that I wound up on a cowboy show because this is kind of the exact opposite of my, uh, actual personality which is also a tremendous gift because it means that i get i have so much to learn it means that i'm a completely i'm a sponge you know everybody on these sets has so much to teach me it's been like an incredible gift to get to know this alternate world i just one day one day Mm -hmm. i want to get to take 4ej smith to a larping event you know (laughs) i've been doing his thing i've been doing the cowboy thing for six years one day i just want to get to take him to a LARPing, you know, event. We could do a kingdom wide event. Just is LARPing is LARPing kind of like um what do they do at Comic Con? What um cosplay. Cosplay. Is that similar? It's a facet of it. So LARPing is live action role playing. It's uh foam sword fighting. You know, right. there's a lot of sort of You've probably seen some TikTok videos of some really bad examples of it. Yes, yes. It is a bit mm, of a cultural it's a bit of a meme, uh a bit of a laughing stock at times. But I'll also tell you, boy, was it uh, some of the most fun I've ever had in my life. You know, I, I grew up loving like uh, fantasy stuff, Lord of the Rings, you know, sword fights and dragons yeah. and magic and all of that. And, we're, and- we're, we're so we're, we're like soulmates over here. Like I'm I'm the biggest I can talk like Gollum. Like it's like my I was yeah. I used to sit around. I used to sit around and go to parties, and after I would drink, I would look, crawl around on the floor. People would dare me <laughs> to do like Smeagol. Sit around and go, Smeagol, why is you crying, Smeagol? And I just dance around that the floor really like a little That is really good. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, that's LARPing. So LARPing is mm. kind of immersively pretending. Um, but but I, that, that's a long answer to a short question. I like sports. I like sports just fine. I watch the NBA finals every year. I really like watching basketball. I, I find basketball very fun to watch. I, I'm not a big football guy just because 
I kind of missed the boat, you know, I, I like should be, I grew up in Iowa, but at a certain point I felt like I had missed it. So I had too many questions and it kind of, uh, it got past me. Where are you guys sports guys? Oh yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I'm, I go to, I go to England just to watch Manchester United play. Oh, amazing, man. So you're a soccer guy? Soccer, football, base. I played baseball in college. Um, Connor, you play baseball too, right? I, I played, yeah, I played baseball as well. And I'll buy, every, well, most UFC pay per views, MMA. I'll buy most a of them. UFC. So, guy. like, that's, yeah. that's my, I'm a big UFC guy. I've kind of gotten into that a little bit recently myself, just out of curiosity. Yeah. Um, you should have seen him when, um, uh, yeah, Bruce Buffer on the show. Bruce yeah. Buffer on, yeah. He was fanboy. Mm, big moment. Big moment. Yeah. I, I feel, like, yeah, I'm very ignorant, very naive. It's, he's, all he's, of he's, it's, like, it's time. Starts the show. Oh, the guy who yeah. announces, announces oh, it. Amazing. Yeah, he's always wearing a 10 out of 10 suit. Yeah, he's, oh, so he's a I, stud. As a, as a nerd, fella, do you still play? Like, do you still game and stuff? Or is that kind of. I do, yeah. Time? I have a, it's okay. very funny. I have a sort of arm's length relationship to it because of how much of my life it's already eaten you know i have to be a little cautious as i get into a game because i've got a bit of an addictive personality god um, of war god, god of war love god of war great game love a single player game love casual it. I easy agree. you can put 100 hours into it and walk away <clears throat> that's great um it, I, I have a lot of trouble with stuff that kind of gives you a you know a an endless sort of bottomless pit i played probably thousands of hours of call of duty like i really those things are really uh time eaters for me what do you like to do the most when you're not just jefferson white by himself outside of gaming like we know gaming right but like what's your what's your other kind of guilty (laughs) pleasure that you like to do like in in your time you know i like working out i've gotten really into that lately i've got a, a trainer in new york that i really I really love doing that. Um, I run a lot. I've been running since I was in high school. That's been a, a big part of my life for a long time. It's a great way. Like actors, we work all over the place. We travel mm-hmm. to all these different cities to work. And it's a really fun way to like explore a new city. Kind of wherever you go, you can go for a jog. Mm. So I, I really, really cherish that. I take a lot of pictures. I'm big into photography and then sort yeah. of collecting. Like I've gotten really into, you know, on eBay, basically, you can get any camera that's been made in the last mm-hmm. 80 yeah. years. And in a lot of cases, they're really cheap. Like if you get into sort of vintage Polaroids, vintage, yeah, everything, all this, like, like for years and years and years for, you know, a hundred years now, they've been making sort of consumer cameras producing mm-hmm. an incredible number of them. So it's really fun on, on eBay. I'm always kind of hunting down weird old cameras and then, uh, taking pictures with them, which I really love doing. I watch a lot of, uh, just dumb stuff on YouTube, YouTube, uh, uh really- dude, they- the YouTube rabbit holes are killer, dude. I was watching a I was watching a YouTube video the other day, and it was funny enough. It was the history of the Balrogs in Lord of the Rings, or the, oh, the, wow. the Balrogs, the Balrogs. Yeah, yeah, we brought God, it all back. Hour, it was like an hour, and I watched the whole thing. And I was like, "We've done I was this just before, man." TikTok, you know how to tie it. Like, Bro, I know exactly what you mean. It really is like the the, the algorithm also, I, I feel like I'm smart and kind of interesting and unique until I get on YouTube and they know me so well. They know exactly what I'm going to click on and I'll just click and click and click all day. I got It's almost like your now. phone is listening to you or something. Do you, like that. exactly right. Have, uh-huh. What did you think of The Hobbit? Um, You know, I, I didn't love it. I loved the book. When I was a kid, I really loved that book. Um, But I'm all about people trying to make stuff, you know, reinvent, do whatever you want. I just didn't, it didn't have quite the sort of gravity and uh, integrity of vision that I felt like Lord of the Rings had. Lord of the Rings I, it felt was like too such a drawn out. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about three movies for a book that's about half the length of the Fellowship of the Ring. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Fellowship of the Ring. That's a, that's a pretty juicy book. They managed to do that in one movie, you know? Mm. Yeah. Well, okay. So he, here's a, you've read the books, right? Yeah. So who do you think is a character from the book? In Lord of the Rings, I'm talking. Yeah, from the from the Lord of the Rings that wasn't in the movie that you wish would have been in the movie because I know who mine would be. I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of partial to uh, Tom Bombadil. You My guys- guy. That's it. That was exactly what I was going for. <laughs> My guy. And and a, and, a, and a second part to that question, Jeff. If you could be cast as anyone in the Lord of the Rings movies, like who would you want to play? I'm oh, talking man. the original trilogy. If you see, you you seem to me 
now that I know that you're a LARPer, that you're a Legolas guy. I can see you oh, being a Legolas guy. I can't this is say. I see Leg- it, yes. Let's be honest yeah. though. Legolas is kind of, well, maybe Aragorn is like the Casey of Lord of the Rings. I mm-hmm. think I would get the audition for Legolas. I would say, oh, he's the toughest, most badass archer. Not going to happen. Gollum. We got to find the Jimmy. Exactly. There's got to be a Jimmy. There's like some. <laughs> who's the, Gollum, shit, who's the Jimmy of Lord character. of the Rings? Gollum. Gollum gets the <laughs> no, shit beat out of dude, him all the fucking time. Offensive. That gets is offensive. Gets the shit beat out of him. He's kind of the hero sometimes. What about Sam? Sam. Sam, yeah. Yeah, yeah one of those other sort of lesser hobbits. Yeah, there's. there's he's uh, not a, Sam isn't a lesser. Sam is Yeah, a but star. who are the other two? Piper and Mary? Uh, yeah Pippin. Pippin. Pippin, and Pippin and Mary, Mary. Yeah. that's right I yeah. met Pippin actually or no Mary I met Mary at, he's a huge Manchester United fan and I oh, met him at, in Washington DC at a uh, Manchester United Barcelona match oh those guys are great those guys are amazing I think I'm less important than those guys as well I think whoever the Jimmy of Lord of the Rings are is the fact that we can't remember his name speaks volumes you know <laughs> you, would be, you could be Pippin you could be a Pippin Pippin had a has yeah. a great singing voice too. Oh, can, can you sing? Absolutely not. There we go. I almost had it. Almost had it and lost it. So you're so you're a theater guy. You're not a musical theater guy, though. No, no, yeah. The, the, my my lane is pretty narrow, to be honest. And now I mostly, you know, I haven't done. I, I wish I had done more theater in the last ten years. What I've mostly done is play creepy dudes. I play mostly just like creepy weird guys. That's the lane that I've found is freaky dude who did a crime. Who gets arrested in a couple of episodes? You know. So by season eight, though, you keep working out. Jimmy's going to show up like looking like a fucking MMA fighter, and then exactly right, like a monster, dude. I'm working on it, bro. Because I mean, so you know, in the basically intervening time between seasons four and seasons five of Yellowstone, time has passed, and Jimmy's been working on the sixes the whole time. So I really worked my ass off for like sixteen months to try to make a sort of difference physically, to try to look physically different. And let me tell you, I was so annoying to everybody in my life. I got a trainer. I was like doing, counting every calorie I ate. I worked so hard and it did not make much of a difference. (laughs) I, I really, I've got the image in my head. We were talking about the pitfalls of social media. I've got the image in my head of like the, the transformations you see on there. Yeah. And I tell you, I tried. I really gave it the old college try for like a year and a half. You can ask anybody in my life how insufferable I was about this. I'm going to give you the the code. You're you're so you're not like a naturally like broad dude, and that's nothing wrong with that. Like I, I need to count calories because I naturally am a broad fucker. You need to eat like five cheeseburgers a day, then go to the fucking gym. <laughs> that's don't the count code. calories. Yeah, like you, you don't watch. like. My brother-in-law actually, like, not a lot of people know this, is a world record holder. He has two world records in the 18-inch deadlift. Oh, fuck. Yeah, he was a, he's a fucking monster. So he, he was like 1,200 pounds of stupid. I'm just like, (laughs) I would have just sat there and looked at the fucking bar like, nah, fam, I'm good. But like, Mm. that's all it takes. Like, if you want to put on muscle and weight, just go eat, eat. Eat your ass off. And then what you do is you get bulky, then you just, then you diet a little bit to lose, if you get a gut, did you diet? Well, I hate to say it. This is what I did. So I was at 160, got up to 200, kind of dirty bulking, just hey, eating like a lunatic. Shit. I think my highest was 205. And That's then, a big jump. And then I, I had, had to take my shirt see. off on Yellowstone. So I had to shred down to Fair. like, I, I my goal was 178 and I wound up at like 172. So now I'm counting calories, but it's so that I stay in a surplus because now I'm sort of trying to bulk again. But listen, guys, it, it is... The internet is poison. <laughs> yes, it is. The internet is poison for your brain because I've got my my whole it, – it just and being an actor, working in Hollywood, God bless it. It's, it's just part of the job. Driving yourself insane about how you look is part of the job. Well, you um, never know when you're going to have to be naked in like a field, you know? It's exactly right. You never know when – you know, on Yellowstone, it's happened a number of times. I've, it's happened on a lot of shows I've worked on. And, and you know, you, you just have to uh, – it just kind of comes with the territory. But boy, uh, boy, have I been annoying to everybody that I love for a long time about this. Can you still go out, like walk around? Do you get noticed? Like, this is like the fun shit. Like, I, I don't know. Like, and I don't know if this is like annoying. Like, we get a lot of actors, but I like asking just weird shit like that. Like, I like to know the human of who you are. Like, do you just still get to like go out to a restaurant and people are like, who the fuck are you? Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time. Mm. Especially in New York. Out in texas out in montana it's a little uh it's a little more 
constant, you know, and people are mm-hmm. so nice. Like, this is one of these things, uh, you know, you get to a certain level, you get to the Kevin Costner level, you get to the Cole Hauser level. I'm sure it becomes a lot to deal with. At the level that I'm at, people come up, they say, hey, you're on Yellowstone. You know, great to see you. Good job. And they, you know, and then they, they move on with their lives. Mm-hmm. I'm not that exciting to encounter in the wild. So you don't have anyone throwing panties at you like Cole <laughs> Absolutely <Hauser> not. <laughs> no, no, no. People are very, people are very nice to me. They're very respectful to me. To be honest, it, it just makes me feel kind of cool. I'm not, you know, I'll it, make you I'm, feel cool. If I'm lucky, it happens around my fiance. If I'm lucky, it happens around my friends. Huh. So I get to sort of feel like a big man for 30 seconds to a minute. I'll, and then I'll that make you feel really cool, on. though, man. Like you set the record for the most likes announcing a celebrity on the show in Bourbon with Friends history. There you go. Oh, that's nice yeah. to hear. Um, it's wild, man. It's a really Yellowstone has been a really transformative job in a lot of ways. It's really changed my life in a million ways. It, it's given me opportunities that I never thought I would have. Um, and it's really, you know, I, I've grown up alongside Jimmy now. Like when I started doing the show, I was 27 and now I'm 33. And those that's a those are an important you'll you'll find mm. out, Connor. Those are an important <laughs> six years. Those are like six years that are tra- that's a that's a transformation. You know, I've gone from being a young actor to being an actor in that I've, time. I'm, I'm only laughing because I give Connor so, so much shit on every episode about how young he is, and you just just did it naturally. No, but I it's love incredible. it. Thank I mean, you. It's, it is respect because you're 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 smarter than either of us. You're more mature. You're starting from a better place than either of us yeah, are. You you clearly have not Clipping wasted it. a year of your life playing World of Warcraft. Um, <laughs> you haven't done a Gollum voice once on this podcast, so you're sure really that was fucking cool. Don't fucking make fun of that. You were better at it than I expected you to be. I'm going to be really honest. Everybody <laughs> thinks they can do a Gollum voice, and that was a really good one. I was a little worried when you said it. But that you one, thought it was going to come out like a prepubescent fourteen-year-old. I thought it wasn't going to be that good, but then it was very good. And saying that mm, I thought it, it wasn't going to be that good is also a kind of compliment to you because you're a big, strong, tough guy. You can you got a great beard. You've got a bourbon <laughs> podcast. I didn't I didn't expect you to have a good golem. Uh, I, so I've good job. I've watched the movie so many times. I'm such a nerd. Like I've memorized all of his lines. Like look, we, we all have like guilty fetishes. Yeah, what's really in, like what's funny and just to kind of like spin off like you do a podcast it's really a, how did you be the one that got the show right like that got the yellowstone podcast that's a great question you know I, i'm not really sure i think i'm a little bit uniquely positioned in that i'm um i'm, I'm a kind of younger guy on the show i'm sort of i've got a lot of free time i'm very available you know, I, I'm extremely uh, available to uh, to help out, you know, so I think they were looking for somebody to do it. And I was uh, around and I love talking to people, you know, that that's one thing about me. I really do love you're so, you're such a nice like and just to give you a compliment, you're such a like humble person. And I love like 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 that about you. Like that was like when you meet a celebrity or somebody who's on a show, you never know what you're going to get. And you're such a down to earth person. Like there's no there's no bullshit with you. And that's like, what, what I think I really appreciate. Oh, thanks, man. I really, I think it's so, you know, we, we all experience this. It, Yellowstone has also put me in a really unique position. And I think a lot of this experience has been constantly reminding myself that Yellowstone is going to end. Like, God bless it. It has changed my life. I'm incredibly grateful, but this too is going to end. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be, I'm still going to have to be me when Yellowstone is over, I'm still going to have to sort ten, of <laughs> 10 years from now. God, yeah. Damn. Yeah. And this is also just a, like, so, you know, all of us, like these, these moments come in our lives and they pass too. And so I'm trying to sort of take this opportunity to learn as much as I can and to avoid the, the pitfalls of, um, this lifestyle and the sort of, yeah, you know, it's, it's a weird, it's a very destabilizing experience in a lot of ways. Mm. And so a lot of our job, a lot of my job is about trying to stay stable, stay myself, stay in contact with everything that came before Yellowstone that's mm-hmm. still going to be here when Yellowstone is over. You know, my friends, my family, my loved ones. Right. You know, I'm very grateful for the fans of Yellowstone, but I don't expect you to be interested in me once Yellowstone is over. And I get it. You know, <laughs> like I have no, I have uh, completely realistic expectations. Uh, cause, cause what is, yeah, this is a wild ride and then it's going to end and we're all sort of, um, yeah, navigating that in different ways. Yeah, no, uh, that, um, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. What's, what's, 
an interesting kind of segue into that is your co-host on your podcast, who I didn't put two and two together until just recently, that that's Michael Landon's daughter. And I grew up watching Little House on the Prairie and things like that, right? Like you kind of see like you, you, you know, some people have things and they end and then there's like legacy actors and people like that. That was such an interesting, interesting. I don't know if you ever grew up watching that show, uh, Little House on the Prairie or not, but like that part's got to be cool. And how how interesting is it to work with someone like that? And then she turns that teeter voice on. And you're just like, who the fuck are you? She's amazing, you know? And to be honest, I, I didn't know anything about her, um, her father. I didn't really know about her background. I just knew that she, from the beginning, was like an incredibly serious actor. Like, she's somebody that I really relate to because she loves acting. She's a bit of an acting nerd, you know? she's She's been acting her whole life, and she has this kind of adventurous spirit so she's lived all over the place she's lived in new york city in la she's lived in montana she's lived in new mexico she really has lived this kind of incredibly nomadic adventurous life um so i sort of learned so much about her and felt so um kind of connected to her before i learned any of that other stuff so if anything i you know i have tremendous respect for michael and his career but i think of him as jen's dad instead of thinking of her as his daughter. Sure. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're that lucky on the show. Like, it's also, you know, we're, we're lucky on the show that all of us have, <laughs> we are all humbled by the experience of trying to learn how to be cowboys. We are all in it together at the bottom of the, you know, pecking order because we have real cowboys, real wranglers, real horse trainers who work on our show. So all of us actors are in it together just trying not to embarrass ourselves. And I think that really means we all connect. We're all on the same team. That's a great point of unity. You know, there's not really room for us to have any egos because we all know that we're not the real deal. Because <laughs> the so real Cowboy deal Camp was a real thing. Right there. Yeah, that was a real thing. Yeah. And it continues to be a real thing. We do it every year. Um, we, we do a sort of week of training and kind <laughs> of intensive awesome. riding. And Is it fun or no? It's very fun. It's also, it's intense. You know, you're gonna, every time I'm on a horse, I also feel like I'm auditioning, you know, cause, cause Taylor is, Taylor contains both of these things. He's a creative genius and he's a true cowboy. He's a rancher. Like he is both of those things in himself. The rest of us, most of us are either one or the other, you know, Taylor's both of them. So those of us that are actors are trying to prove to him that we can live up to what he expects from us on a horse and those of us that mm. come from the horse world are trying to live up to what he expects from them, you know, on He's camera. He's a hell of a rider. Yeah. Oh my God. He's amazing. He's like, it's, 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 he's, he's both of these things. So cowboy camp is incredible. It's an opportunity to sort of do, do stuff that we would never otherwise get to do. Like this whole thing is such a, like the easiest, best version of how to have these experiences. We get the best horses in the world that are incredibly well taken care of. We just get to hop on them, ride them around and then hop off like we're so 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 lucky. There is no better way, no easier way to learn how to ride a horse. We have so many advantages, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I think all of us feel incredibly lucky, and we, we recognize that that time is very valuable, um, and so we we really cherish it. Who is the worst co-star that you have at <laughs> responding to a text message? Responding to a text message. I mean, yeah. I, I don't even have some people's numbers. You know what I mean? Like, let's be honest. You're not just giving Jimmy your number. Um, everybody's pretty good. We're pretty good. We got a bunch of different group chats going. You know, there's different circles. There's circles of group chats. So like who's me, sorry, go ahead. No, no. Well, me, Ian and Denim, you know, the kind of bunkhouse boys mm -hmm. trio. We've got a group chat. There's a group chat that's us plus Jen. When she came in, there's a big wide one, you know, that includes Cole Hauser, Luke Grimes, Wes Bentley. Like uh, they're they're all pretty good, you know? Who's the person that if you called them, you know they're answering on the, th the second or third ring, no matter what? That's a great question. You know, I like to think that Jen would pick up. Me and Eden Brolin, who played Mia, uh, were great friends. I know she'd pick up. Denim would pick up, although he he lives in Botswana now most of the year, so the time zone is very different. So Jesus I'd have to Christ. get the, the time right. Isn't that amazing? It's like an 18-hour yeah. flight or well, something. Well, my friend actually is in the military. He just left Africa. He's just uh, got back. He just got to Germany today. Oh, wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it's, it's, so if I get the time zone right, I could probably get D on the phone. You know, Ian Bowen, you know, the, the, every, they're all amazing friends. And we're, it's kind of family at this point, you know? Like, there's conflict, you argue, but it's family. We're in this thing together, and we've, we've been in this thing together for a long time. You're lucky you didn't say one, like, hands down, because I was going to be like, prove it. 
<laughs> no, if no, you would have no. said one hands down, I'd have been like, all right, do it, prove it. Kevin Costner, he's <laughs> he's picking up my call. You know, Harrison Ford. Sorry, now the you Harrison Ford's. You know what you Ford's would do? You, know you would shit yourself. Yeah, if you Harrison actually had Ford. his number and called him on this show, and then he picked up. You'd be like, fuck. I'd be terrified. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have his number. I don't have Kevin's number. No, no shot. <laughs> who's like, the? Who's speaking of Kevin? Real, real quick. I'm curious. He's been so many movies. What's like when you think Kevin Costner? What's the What's the one film you think of? I mean, it's it's a lot. Uh, so it's funny you mentioned Waterworld earlier. I, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with that movie. I loved movie. Waterworld, and I've real, I, it's gets unnecessary slander. That movie rules. It's fucking the great. Production design is incredible. It's like it's a real achievement in cinema. So I love Waterworld. Ninety six, right? Something like that. Yeah, I'm Dance to watch with it. I've never seen it. I hadn't watched Dances with Wolves when I first worked with Kevin. So I watched it after like season one of Yellowstone. Great movie. I was, I've always been obsessed with the untouchables and that's my fiance's favorite mm-hmm. Costner movie. So we watched that probably mm-hmm. once a year. Um, feel the dreams. Amazing. Uh, yeah. he's, he's the goat, you know, like there's too many to name. It just kind of keeps going as you start naming like iconic Costner roles. Don't he's go look at his IMDb. You keep having to hit next to go. Find I know. The, find it. Uh, untouchables when I, when was 87. Of- Bull Durham, Kevin, another great movie. Bull Durham is great. When I think of Kevin, I'm thinking, and this is, again, I'm 26, so I have a lot of these older movies I'm not privy to um, off the top of my head, but I think, I think I'm like, that's Superman's dad. Oh, yeah. Are you serious? Man. That's Superman's dad. Okay, yeah, hold on. Jefferson, just so you know, he has the biggest man crush on Henry Cavill in the world, like ever. So that is why. <laughs> Henry Cavill, is, he gave us all body dysmorphia. Uh, but he, but he's a, he's a, he's incredible. He's got nerd cred, dude. That guy knows his stuff. He's like obsessed yeah, he with Warhammer 40k. Builds yeah. his own computers. He's making a Warhammer 40k show now. I'm, I was I gonna love say, Warhammer. I, yeah, it's, I think part of the reason this is just rumors. Part of the reason he left The Witcher uh, was because he wanted to make that Warhammer 40k uh, TV program, and he wanted to make it right. So I'm pretty he's, stoked he's investing about that. all of his time. It I don't even know like, what yeah. it is, but if Henry Cavill's in it, I'm I'm watching it. Warhammer yeah, 40K definitely. rules, dude. I'm excited that people like a broader audience is going to get to that because you have to be pretty nerdy to know about it now. It's a tabletop game, so it's all these little, they call them miniatures, all these little guys, but it's a sort of sci-fi space universe, a very sort of grim, dark sci-fi. It's like that game they play in Stranger Things. What's, what's the game, the little board oh, game they uh, play in Stranger Dungeons Things? And Dragons. Yeah, these things are all kind of, they're all sort of related to each other. So D&D is like a tabletop RPG uh, that you you can use miniatures in D&D. Warhammer is a kind of, it's a similar sort of oeuvre, but it's really based around, it's like risk, but with millions of, or like hundreds of little guys that you're moving around a table and having them attack each other. I'm stoked about that show is the point. By the way, Waterworld was uh, 95, but the thing that I know Costner most for, Robin Hood, or Prince of Thieves. Man, what a soundtrack. Do you ever just go it? watch 90s movies and just go, where? why do we not have music like that in movies anymore? Absolutely, yeah. And everything shot on film back then, it just has such like rich contrast and saturation. It just looks so good. Speaking, yeah. speaking of classic movies, and I, I, told my, um, I, told, I told my dad last night, I'm like, hey, dad, I'm having, uh, I'm having Jeff on the show tomorrow. Oh, yeah, his, my, his my parents are huge fans of yours, by the way. Oh, that's very yeah, sweet. Yeah, no, they love Jimmy. Yeah, and, and I told him I'd ask this question because... I, I, when I started, I start, I tried to start watching Yellowstone and something happens and I had to take my attention away. So I watched episode one. (laughs) (laughs) I watched, I watched episode one and I haven't, I haven't seen it since. So I might be one of the first guys that have like one of the only guys in the world that's never seen Yellowstone, but I, I mean to watch it and I want to watch at the top of my watch list. So I I told my dad yesterday, he was all caught up, watches it all the time. Like I'm having Jeff on the show. He goes, all right, you ask Jimmy one thing. You say to Jimmy, the best part of Yellowstone is when he figures out what Roadhouse is because that's the ultimate man movie. <laughs> so I have two questions, Jeff. Two questions. One, how does Jimmy not know what Roadhouse is? Because I feel like that's a little sacrilegious. And two, what are like, if you had to say like five of your favorite movies of all time, what, what are you putting down there? I, I watched Roadhouse for the first time recently and it did fucking rule. I had never seen it's- it either. That shit rocked. It, it's, it's pretty badass, that's, man. I'm, now we're trying to get that Kurt Russell bod too, because Kurt Russell. <laughs> that's goals, dude. No, he not good. Kurt Russell. That's uh, Patrick Swayze. Oh, Patrick Swayze. Swayze yeah. Forget. Okay, you got to cut Swayze. that. Swayze. We love the Swayze. You got to <laughs> cut all of that, dude. Don't let me embarrass myself. The Swayze body. Swayze looks amazing in that movie. We're all trying to go Swayze yeah. mode. 
He looks great. I'm going to rattle off five movies that I've seen recently that I really loved. Okay. Here they come. I really love Triangle of Sadness. That just came out. I really loved it. I really loved the movie Parasite. Big Bong Joon-ho guy. I really loved, I recently watched uh, these two. It's a, you know, bear with me here because I'm a bit of a, now I'm getting kind of, it's a little, uh, you know, we're getting a little, uh, what do you call it? You're getting away from your cowboy shit. A little niche. This isn't my cowboy shit. We've all seen, we've been talking about action movies. We've been talking about 90 movies. We've been talking about the classics. Um, The worst person in the world. Great movie. I've heard um, of it. Yeah. Really fantastic. Sort of, I think it's Swedish. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, very good. Um, I just watched Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. And I know that's <laughs> going to sound goofy, but check it out. It fucking rules. I see it all over TikTok. Movie. And my kid the, loves that shit. When, when, is the, is the villain death? Is that the villain? Oh, because yeah. Puss has used eight of his nine. So that's like his exactly little whistle. Right. And when he's, he's, he's holding two Dothraki swords. Oh, yeah. Like that is. That shit fucking rules. I love anime, I did, yeah. and I was a huge anime nerd when I was a kid. And something about the the fight scenes in that movie are are just kind of too good. It has like a spider, like a uh, spider verse feel to it. Big the time, yeah. Style. They do this kind of yeah. sh- like stop motion shutter speed thing that makes it so that yeah. the speed happens in a very cool way. That shit rules. Um, and then yeah. I recently watched uh, this Wong Kar Wai movie called In the Mood for Love that was very good. Um, and then I love mm. the Matrix Reloaded. There's a sort of populist one for you. I everybody talks right. shit about the Matrix Reloaded. That movie has like four of the loved best it. ten action sequences ever. Loved filmed. it. Yes. There's like four just unbeatable fight scenes. Revolutions, not so much. Reloaded, absolutely. I tend That's to. That's not agree. even Keanu Reeves' best action movie, though. Oh my god, huge John Wick. John Wick. Yes. Oh, huge John Wick guy. This is generational. This is a generational thing. I, you might be right. Yeah, I'm a pu- like John Wick four. My most anticipated anticipated movie this year. That like is I, very exciting. It is. It is. I want to see it more than Oppenheimer, more than Dune Two, more than anything that's coming Dune out. Dune Two. Year, oh, it's going to be a good year. Dune. It's oh, a great year. yeah. Dune Two is coming out this year. I'm happy. Oh, I'm hype as shit for that. Connor, we might actually have to fly and go watch it together because it's our it's our jam. Hey, um, you're absolutely right, man. Fellas, I'm sorry to say, I, I got to head out of here. My my yeah, friends yeah, are definitely. heading over. No, no, definitely. We, were, we we need to wrap it up anyway. Tell everybody where they can follow you on Instagram and all that kind of good stuff. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at underscore Jefferson White. Uh, it's the one with the the blue check mark. And I, I hope to see you there. I'm just I just want to say I'm like everybody who watches Yellowstone is the reason we get to keep doing it. So like you can talk shit to me, you can do whatever you want. You can make fun of me, you can send me mean messages. That's totally fine. You guys are the reason we get to keep making the show. So I'm just incredibly grateful to everybody who's ever taken the time to to watch it because you've given me the best job I've ever had in my life. It's really it's really changed awesome. my life. And I, I thank you, uh, thank you so much for joining. This is yeah. this is great. We'll send you some whiskey, and and maybe we'll do this again in the near future. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks yeah. everyone for listening. For listening, I can't even talk right now. And remember, a bourbon with friends can change the world. That's it for this episode of Bourbon with Friends. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, leave us a review to make it easier for others to find the show. You can also check us out on Instagram at BWF Podcast. Thanks for listening.